Hey there, welcome to Be With The Word. This is a Souls and Hearts production and I'm Dr. Jerry Crete. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm so excited to be here with my co-host. I'm Dr. Peter Malinowski, clinical psychologist in Indianapolis, Indiana. It is good to see you, Dr. Jerry, and also to all our listeners and all our viewers, thank you for being here with us for this 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. That's right, that's right. And just in case you didn't know already, Dr. Peter and I have been doing this weekly podcast. This is number 37. And we reflect on the Sunday readings. We try to bring in a psychological angle. We give you uh, an interesting theme, we hope. And we also give you a, an action item, something to do to make it real in your life. If you haven't already read the Sunday readings for the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time, go read them. But even better, you could go over to Hear the Word, where we will read them to you. <laughs> and you get to hear us read them to you, if that makes it easier. It's on YouTube now. It's been on YouTube for a few weeks. Oh, and of course, it's also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those other great places. So, Dr. Peter, you have an amazing uh, uh, theme this week, which I'm excited to hear about, which is finding safety in a turbulent world. And we know our world is definitely turbulent, right? <laughs> I feel like yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been thinking about that. And when I was looking at the readings, um, when I was looking at the readings for this Sunday, for the 18th Sunday, the, the thing that really leaped out, and I'm really curious about what leaped out at you, but what really leaped out at me, just to mention it real quick, is this first line from the uh, re second reading, right? What will separate us from the love of Christ? And then the first two words of the next, or the, the first two things in the next line, will anguish or distress? Anguish and distress. You know, St. Paul is talking about psychological, emotional things, right? Anguish, distress. Is that going to separate us from the love of, is that going to separate us from the love of Christ? So that's what I launched from. But I'm really interested, like, what grabbed you? Like, what grabbed you when you were reading these readings? Like, what, well, what came to you? I'll be honest, anguish and distress grabbed me too, because those are psychological as well. And they're kind of like, yeah, mental processes. But you know what? I'm thinking about things that are connected to that, which is physical threats. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think these readings are so important, as you're about to see. We have the example in the gospel of Jesus feeding the 5,000. We have Isaiah talking about coming, even if you have no money. I mean, people right now are really stressed yeah. because of financial concerns, this whole COVID thing, and physically afraid, you know, right. that right. actually, you know, a virus that... We don't, we, we are learning more about, but we don't know everything about, and people are afraid. So we have physical threats and financial threats, as well as emotional and psychological threats. So I feel like these readings are really relevant. I mean, very, very timely. And God knew from the beginning of time that they would land in this cycle, in cycle A, at this particular moment in history in our church. So they're here for us. For this, and for and this before weekend. we get right into it, okay, just because you were sort of asking about me, and you didn't ask about me personally, and I need to ask about you personally. Just a little <laughs> bit. But this is my second week of doing CrossFit. I'm about to start. <laughs> and it's weird. And, and all I heard about CrossFit was how people are crazy and everything, and I got drawn into it. But it's not, it has been good for me. It hasn't been too crazy. They've been taking it easy with me. 
I can still mostly walk up the stairs without too much pain. But actually what I do find is that I'm actually have more energy throughout the day. Wow. Hey. And I think that would be true of almost any exercise, you know, rigorous kind of exercise. And so the, and I want to say that because I'm just sharing, but also um, there's a real connection between the body right. and the spirit, the mind, anxieties, and that. I feel like if I take care of my body, start the day, for me, it needs to be at the beginning of the day, it seems, um, it really changes my mood, right? So the body is important. And in these readings, Christ himself is talking about the body, ultimately, when it comes to right. feeding people. Right. Right. So that's what came up for me. Wow. How, how have you been doing lately? Well, I have, my oldest daughter is getting married uh, in less than a month. So there's a lot of sort of activity around that, a lot of uncertainty about just venues and how that's all going to play out. So that's taken mm-hmm. up quite a bit of time. And then, you know, we've had a lot of the boys that work uh, uh, at our farm not be feeling well. There's some kind of thing going through the, through the parish. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so yeah, there's been some like additional stress just about health concerns. You know, mm-hmm. um, here in Indiana, we're seeing very high levels of people testing positive uh, compared to before. There's a lot of decisions made being made about going back to school. So I've actually oh, experienced a little more stress. Uh, and then um, and then just uh, you know kind of how to respond to all of that and kind of navigate. I just there are times where I just have a lot of decision fatigue, just a lot of things that have to be decided. So. For me, I'm really focusing on recollection and these readings are perfect because, mm-hmm. you know, I have a tendency to try to want to solve it all and to know it all uh, by myself. Like if I can figure everything out, if I can lay out a plan, you know, if I yeah. can anticipate what's coming down the future, then I can be safe, right? Then I can have a sense of security and mm-hmm. uh, that's a very natural place that I go to. So these readings are really an antidote to that. You know, they're really a way to overcome that. Um, they've got the ingredients in there for that. So, yeah, yeah. Let's let's really probe into them. One little point that I want to make, I think it relates to all these things we're talking about, is uh, one of our listeners, Jessica. She responded on YouTube and she mentioned that uh, from our last episode, because we talked about different trying to be, you know, pray how to pray badly, how to pray in different ways, and she said that she uh, on YouTube she mentioned that one type of prayer she's been doing in the morning is jogging with her teens while praying the Angelus and the St. Michael's prayer and the guardian angels prayers with her teens as they jog. And I just oh. thought that was brilliant. Thank you, Jessica, for sharing that. And, and it made me remember that when I started biking again, which was a really beautiful thing. I love biking. It's one of the few exercises I truly enjoy. I started to pray the rosary while I was biking. So again, you know, the connection between our physical bodies like exercise and prayer, they don't have to be separate uh, spheres. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That was from episode 35. So yeah. Thank you for touching base with us, Jessica. And we love to hear from people, you know, like what's, what's really working for you. Um, There's always going to be an action item at the end, at the end of every one of these be with the words that you can, that you can really practice, you know, something to take home with you that we think you might find helpful. So so stay so, with yeah. us to the end. <laughs> like Jessica did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you'll that <laughs> yeah. Stay with us to the end. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, the other thing that I saw in here, like immediately afterwards, you know, will anguish or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword, 
No, says St. Paul, in all of these things, we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us, right? So it's not just that we survive it. It's not just that we, you know, that we manage to persevere and hang on by our fingernails until we like just barely make it through. No, we conquer overwhelmingly if we are in our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, that's, that I think is really an important message because I don't know about you, Dr. Jerry, but I am getting tons of calls in my practice right now. Uh, just people looking to cope with distress in some way, you know, asking about appointments and so forth. And it's, it's much more than I've been getting, you know, before this whole COVID thing happened and much more than I was even getting a month ago. So it's, it's yeah. remarkable sort of the increases of, of anguish and distress that we're hearing about like rising now, because I think people are starting to run out of their reserves, right? You know, they've got these endorphins that they can run with an adrenaline surge that can last a few weeks, but this is turning into no longer a sprint. This is a long haul run uh, that we're yeah. in. This is a long emergency. So, yeah, I think that it's interesting to me um, that conquer overwhelmingly also struck me because I don't know that I always feel that way. And, uh, and I know that um, even if I get through something, I don't always feel like I conquered it overwhelmingly. I'm really curious about what St. Paul means, because um, even if I think about persecution and famine, like at least I'm not experiencing that. Um, I might fear that that could happen. Um, or, or the sword. I'm not experiencing this. I'm not experiencing those kind of things. Uh, we're not at war. At least I'm not fighting a war or starving. And I feel like I'm curious what he means because I'm not sure that even if it was those things that I wouldn't, I couldn't possibly be starving or possibly be negatively affected by a war. And even if I was, I think St. Paul is still saying one conquers overwhelmingly in Christ. Right, right. So if I apply that to anxieties, which I have experienced anxieties, uh, and I have clients who experience anxiety, I, I'm wondering what he means. Because I don't think he just means what we want it to mean, which is it's gone, mm -hmm. right? And everything's easy and nice. Because mm -hmm. I don't know that he means that. What do you think? To conquer overwhelmingly? I don't know, man. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that it's like resolved. Hmm. I mean, I think that, that he's talking about a deep and abiding confidence in God. Right. I think he's talking about something in which, yeah, we might suffer. We will suffer. You know, there are crosses. This is a veil of tears, but that the fundamental sense of security, the fundamental sense of safety that if we've got that, if we've got that deep peace, if we've got that confidence, that childlike confidence and trust and awe and wonder in God, then there's nothing that can really harm us. There's nothing See, that can okay. really harm let, us. Let me challenge you just a little bit, because I'm thinking of the martyrs. Uh-huh. Because I'm thinking these are people who were killed. Okay. And yet I believe this passage still applies to them. Sure. So how right. is that a challenge? To what because I said, maybe I read you wrong. I thought you were saying that one way or another, this is all be resolved, but maybe you didn't. Mean no, it. I'm not saying it's going to be resolved. I'm saying that that w it's an internal sort of conquering. It's not that all of a sudden, you know, the magic table like comes up with food on it. 
I'm talking about like the the distress. Uh, so I'm remember I'm still focusing on the distress and the anguish. Okay, mm-hmm. that that we've got a confidence that God is going to take care of us, that He's going to make good on the promises. For example, that He gives us in Isaiah 55. You know, right. all you who are thirsty, come to the water. Come, receive grain and eat. You know, come without paying, without cost. You know that these these aren't sort of just temporary things. I actually believe that if we really are loving God, we might experience martyrdom, we might experience the sword, but that we're going to conquer that by um, conquer it overwhelmingly by remaining in Christ. You know, remaining in that confidence in God. In other words, you know, you can hear about the martyrs who's who's who suffered their martyrdom joyfully, in spite of the in spite of the distress or in, in spite of the, the 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 sort of physical aspects of it. Yeah. You know? So. No, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it exactly. How to, and I'm curious, like, because that is amazing to me to right. be able to walk into martyr. Like, I know I'm taking it to an extreme, but to walk into martyrdom with a peace of mind that, that nothing separates me from the love of Christ. Right. Right. That's radical. I think I just, I was reading two books. I just finished one book and I'm reading another one. One was called the robe by uh, Lloyd Douglas published in 1942, I believe. Right. And then the other one is the spear by Louis DeWall um, published sometime in the late fifties or early sixties. And these are historical novels that took a, took place at the time of uh, the time of Christ. And it talked about like the way, what struck me about these novels is the way that the experience of Christ just transfixed the attention of people so that they would be willing to follow him out into the desert, like we see in the gospel, you know, neglect in a certain sense, their physical needs, because they were just so riveted by his authority. Like, you know, he taught in a way that he taught with an authority that the scribes and Pharisees didn't have, you know, we see that in the gospel. Um, And, uh, and so what struck me about the gospel is just how, because they were faithful to him before, because they were listening to him, because they were, they were so focused on him, he was still paying attention to their needs, even though they lost track of, you know, what it might've been, what you might've needed, what you might need to have taken out into the desert, right. To, to, to go on a journey with him, Mm -hmm. he's going to make up for that. And so they actually did not have to be prepared in the way that you might think you would be if you were going out for a three-day sojourn in the desert. Um, and so, so I was really thinking about that. You know, we're not having to just make it on our own. We're not just having to make it on our own. We don't have to fend for ourselves. And that's what Psalm 135 says too. Like if you go to Psalm 135, it said, the hand of the Lord feeds us. Yeah. I mean, that's really intimate, right? And you actually see that when we receive the Eucharist, right? We actually receive it from the hand of the priest, you know, alter Christus, ipsi Christus, right? The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our there's needs. A, there's a surrender in that, isn't there? There's just like a childlike or maybe baby bird-like surrender, right? Where you just know you'll be taken care of and you just abandon, in a way, yourself to his love. Right, so, right. Yeah. That's hard. And it's really, and it's hard to do that because if you look at the example of Peter, right, uh, you know, walking on the water, right, he was, he was right. fixed on Christ initially. He was actually walking on the water. He told Christ to command him to come out of the boat, walk to him. He's walking on the water. But then what happens? He notices, he looks at the wind and the waves. That's what it says in the gospel. And mm-hmm. it's then that right. he sinks, right? 
It's then that he sinks. Because now he's being caught back into a merely secular or worldly perspective, right? I can't walk on the water. I'm not able to do that, right? And then boom, right? He begins mm-hmm. to sink and then Christ comes in and, and, and saves him. You know, so the question is, we're always, we're always in this tension, right? We've got one foot in uh, the, the, the spiritual reality of the love of God and another foot caught in, you know, the experience of the, the, the sort of secular world, right? With all of our sort of relational baggage, all of the times where we were disappointed by people, all the times where significant relationships failed us in one way or another, where we came away disappointed, where we were abandoned, where we were betrayed in some way, or we were just ignored or whatever the relational issues were. Yeah. Now, I know you have some attachment theory to share with us because we've, we've, we've started on that in a previous podcast in terms of, I think, Brown and Elliot's work. Brown and Elliot. Yeah, they've got, yeah. A, they've got a book that came out a couple years ago on attachment disturbances in adults. And I'm just fascinated with their work because I think it's a very good summary of the kinds of relational or connection, uh, relational connection issues that happen uh, in our relationship with God. Now, they don't specifically talk about how those things, how those things impact our relationships with God. They're talking about relationships more generally, but they map very well onto the kinds of areas in which people struggle in their relationship with God. And I think our attachment styles with other people and our attachment histories, our relational histories, have a lot of impact on the way that we connect with God or the way that we don't connect with God. And so I was really looking at the second one. Uh, the first one is being seen and known, really having a felt sense of being seen and known by we God. We talked about that in the previous We episode. talked about that a couple times ago, yeah. yeah. And then this next one, though, is safety and security safety and security, the idea that we feel safe and that we feel secure. So they're really emphasizing the experiential aspects of safety and security. And there's a kind of psychological catch-22 that we get into when we've had safety and security issues in our significant relationships, is that we assume that there's not going to be safety and security so we don't seek it. We try to, in relationship, we try to find it in other places. We try to find it in ourselves or we try to find it in, you know, physical possessions. We try to find it in, you know, maybe substances. We try to find it in some other place. But I'll tell you, when you've got that kind of relational, um, that relational conflict about safety and security, the one thing that can be really hard to do is to actually connect back to God, to actually put that issue in his hands. Why? Because by definition, if you're in that place, you don't feel safe and secure, right? So to actually discuss safety and security needs with God, to bring those to God, A, might not occur to us, and B, might be really threatening if it does occur to us, right? That God would actually take care of us, right? Now, that, that's not what we might necessarily think of consciously, but that's like, there's a lot of assumptions about that that actually need to be looked at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I think um, for me, um, I've talked about it before, but it was a big important piece was connecting with God the Father. You know, not having that connection with my own biological father was a huge loss for me. There was a tendency in my spiritual life to rely on Jesus, rely on Mary, rely, maybe there were a few saints 
that I felt safe with. And that, and I think that's wonderful, right? And that was just God giving me gifts. But he wanted more. Right. He wanted me to connect right. with him as a father and to right. experience that. So I, I think that relates to kind of what you're saying, right? Like the, the, those attachment wounds that we have, and in this case, feeling safe and secure, he wanted me to have the experience of feeling safe in the in the father's hands, in arms, right. uh, his lap, if you will, just know that he was going to take care of me. One and the way. only reason that he allowed you to go through the um, the evil of having a father that was distant and disconnected, you know, from you, is to be able to draw greater good from that. And I believe that he gives special graces. I've seen this over and over again clinically with my clients. I think there are special graces that God reserves for those whose fathers have not been have not been close to them and mm-hmm. have not been available for whatever reason. So what do you mean by that? What do you mean so, by that? So, so for example, I've noticed that with a number of my clients who have had abandonment by father or say father died early in life, um, something like that. Right. Um, or, you know, or, you know, heaven forbid abuse situations that there's a hunger for the father, not only a spiritual hunger that is sort of put into all of our hearts, but also a natural hunger, right? Because that's not being met in the natural realm. And because God knew that, because he knew it from the beginning of time before he set the whole world in motion, he knew that that was going to happen to that particular person at that particular time. He's got something that because of his nature of being a loving father, and this is all about divine providence, right? There was going to be some greater good that he was going to draw from it. And I think some of that is the yearning and the desire to be able to connect. So I use the example of Mary Magdalene, right? We know that seven demons were cast out of Mary Magdalene. There's a general sense that she was a prostitute, probably had a really terrible family upbringing uh, in a number of different ways, you know, and she, and that may that she was able to harness that and become the woman who loved Christ most after the Blessed Virgin Mary. Why? Because there was this need, this yearning that she was able to harness and direct toward God. That if she had been raised in a, you know, uh, you know, a Jerusalem suburb where everything was really ordered, you know, and she had a lot of you know benefits, there might not be that hunger, right? Um, and this doesn't justify evils that people experience. No. I don't I don't mean to say that at all, but to say that because I think this problem of this problem of how can this happening making making sense out of suffering is a huge one for people. It's it gets in the way of people's God image. It, got, it gets in the way of people's images of God and their capacity to connect with God. And to know that yeah, there's something in there that God intended to make use of for for a deeper relationship than otherwise would have been possible. So um I mean, I definitely relate to what you're saying. I think that, um, you know, it's a hard one, right? Because yeah. um, I feel like um, whatever woundedness I've experienced has actually been made my heart softer, made my heart more compassionate, empathetic, all these different things. And so I almost wouldn't change the wound in an odd right. way. Right. Um Though, but ask me on a different day, and I might say, "Yeah, please." (laughs) But, but I think that's true, and I think that even people that relate might relate to me might also relate to the fact that I want to protect my children 
right. from anything bad happening to them, right? And on the other hand, I'm afraid of that because I think if their lives are, too, you know, if they live in that Jerusalem suburb or Atlanta suburb, whatever, uh, you know what I mean? Life is a little too nice and yeah. they actually don't know what it is. I don't think that's true though because they've all, everyone experiences challenges and difficulties and whatever, you know, and part of the fallen world we live in no matter how, where we are, but still, I mean, I feel a little bit nervous, you know, how do we, it just seems we're opening up this whole other topic. It might be for another show, but, but like, how do we as parents even protect our kids and yet we want them to experience things. Right. And, and that creates this interesting tension. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I wonder how that is for God. Cause I mean, I can't even imagine what that is for God that he wants to just, lavish us with love and kindness and security and safety. And at the same time, um, we do experience trials and yet he turns those to good ideally, but I don't know. It just seems like a hard tension. Like I don't want my children to experience bad things. Right. Yeah. Especially, you know, you know, certainly natural evils, but you know, particularly moral evils, right. You know, where people sin you know, and, 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 and the, the way, one thing that was comforting to me once was that a priest friend of mine said, you know, God rewrites the symphony to um, include all the bad notes, right? So, you know, somebody sins, it's a bad note inserted into the symphony uh-huh. and he rewrites the symphony. He actually rescores it so that a note that was bad becomes actually a new direction for that symphony. So I don't know. I see you kind of like, eh, I don't know about that, but it's comforting to me. <laughs> what? what? I have to sit with that. Yeah. No, I, I found that, I found that to be, that I found that to be comforting because I have struggled with the problem of evil. Right. And when you are experiencing this anguish and this distress and, um, and it, it, it's, it's, it, it can sometimes seem overwhelming. Right. Yeah. Um, but let's How? go back to Romans, though. Like, let's let's link what we're saying, right, to Romans, because he really, literally, is saying everything we've just named, or I have, you have, right. like that we're worried about for our children, whatever. That he's already conquered, in a way. That that in a way we don't have to worry about that God's love. He's already taken care of it, and that's hard for me to grasp. Well, he says, no, in all these things, we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. Yeah, I think the basic idea that he's got it, like he's got it under control, right. um, that comes out a lot in the spirituality of St. Teresa of Lisieux, which was mm-hmm. not a spirituality that I understood or liked <laughs> or was drawn to for right. the vast majority of my life. Only in the last few years have I gotten to the point where I can not only appreciate it, but really love it and embrace it. Um and in part because of the, the dependency that she really draws out in terms of our, our being taken care of by God, you know, like the lilies of the field, you know, clothed in splendor, not even, not even Solomon was clothed such as these or the, uh, the birds of the field being fed and this, going back to the Psalm, right? He feeds us by his own hand. How many of us have that kind of trust and how many of us seek to trust in that way? Right? How, mo- how many of us would prefer that we were just a little more efficient or a little more competent or had better solutions to get ourselves out of the particular fix that we find ourselves in, you know, in the moment, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. I have lots of tendencies to wanting to rely on myself rather than to allow God his proper place in my life. Yeah. 
And sometimes yeah. that causes the suffering. Sometimes that causes the anguish, you know? So. Can I, 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 this is going to, cause I'm looking at the time and I'm, there's just something I want to say that really spoke to me. God bless yeah. Thank you. It really spoke to me um, personally in this reading. And even though I've heard this probably, you know, how, however many times um, I love it that in the gospel, Jesus hears that John the Baptist dies and he withdraws. Mm -hmm. So I assume from that, he's moved. He's human. He mm -hmm. moved, he was moved and he needed some time to process, to grieve, whatever. And then all these people show up and they just, you know, like the minute he gets off the boat, <laughs> there they are. And if we find out later, it's 5,000. I mean, that's not a small amount. And I'm thinking in myself, give the guy a break. Like, can't you give him some space? Right? Like, if it was me, I'd be like, people, you know? And instead, Jesus just loves them and cures them and has, has pity on them. And you know what that did to me hearing that is, and it speaks to, I think, all that we're talking about today, is that it says to me, I'm not um, an inconvenience. Right. To God. Right. I'm not too much for God. Because right. I have a tendency to think that. Like, oh, I'm too much for this person, or I better not say this, or put myself out there, or speak up. Uh, I'm going to be in the way, or something. And 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 even Jesus, in his in as you know, in human self grieving and all this, can't help but just simply love. Yeah, and that's to me is beautiful. You know, one of the God images that we're discussing, and this is the in episode 25 of the uh, coronavirus crisis Carpe Diem. A podcast that I do is a, uh, a preoccupied managing director God. And this God image is uh, one where God is just overworked. You know, this is the perception of God, right? Unconsciously, he's overworked. He cares about me, but he's got so many other really important things to take care of that he just doesn't have much time or much attention to be able to spare for me and for my concerns and for the little things that I'm worried about in my life. And I was really thinking about that, you know, as like, as an image that counters that preoccupied managing director God image that so many people have. So that's, yeah. that's, that's really beautiful. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. Oh, man. So, God loves us. isn't that the bottom line? Like he God, loves us and wants to care for us. You know, and that, that, that is a given that is true. And, but we have so many difficulties and being able to hang on to that in a, in a real and visceral way. And so I'm going to actually introduce uh, something that we haven't ever talked about before as part of the experiential exercise that we can do now. And that's called an affect bridge. So affect is a rough synonym in clinical terms for emotion. So you might think of this as an emotional bridge. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to consider some time in your past where a sense of safety or security was lacking uh, in a significant relationship. This could be back in childhood, you know, with your mom or your dad, uh, you know, the time you got lost at the fairgrounds or, you know, something like that. Uh, or it could be from, you know, more recent time. Now, don't pick something that's really destabilizing, right? I mean, if you start really freaking out as you think about this, it's a sign that maybe it'd be helpful to actually work through something with a, a Catholic mental health professional. And we happen to have at Souls and Hearts a whole class on 
entitled a, a whole course entitled a Catholic's Guide to Choosing a Therapist, if that's something that you know seems like it'd be important for you. So something where you just felt like, man, I, I there was not safety or insecurity in that. Um, and you can take a little time with this um, and just go back through that as long as it's not too, um, you know, as long as it's not too uh, demanding for you, it doesn't cause too many, too much distress or internally. And then um, take that whole experience in the knowledge, and it might just be in your head, but in at least that cognitive knowledge or that conceptual knowledge that God allowed that to happen for some reason. And then walk through that whole experience either with God the Father, God the Son, could be the Holy Spirit, could be the Blessed Virgin Mary, could be Saint Joseph, some some either God or some saint that you feel comfortable with could be your guardian angel and walk through that and offer the parts of that to God, right? Offer whatever the emotion was or the desire was or whatever the impulse was, the attitude, the, the, the pain or the suffering, the anguish, the distress, whatever it was to open up and, and like literally imagine that if, you know, see it in your mind's eye, giving that to God and asking the questions that may have been rolling around inside of you about that suffering, about that experience of evil that you never may have asked him directly, that you've only struggled with and suffered with yourself. We're opening up these experiences to involve God because so often we just encapsulate them in this protective way. We build a wall around them and we don't allow anybody into those. Right. Or maybe we allow only our therapist into that or our close friend or something like that. But to actually allow God into that, because he's not going to just invade us and get access to those things. He actually wants us to invite him in so that he's a that he's welcome in our hearts. So let's go back through this. Whatever that experience was where you felt a lack of safety or lack of security in your human relationships. Going through that, again, allowing yourself to remember what that was like, bringing in uh, either God or the Blessed Virgin Mary or St. Joseph or one of the saints, maybe your guardian angel, to actually help you through that, offering that up and inviting our Lord in for that healing. So there you're combining both the spiritual aspects of it in the prayer and the relationship with God or with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the saints, with the psychological aspects of this, which are the, the attachment aspects around safety and security, you know, for there to be some healing that happens there. So, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I sometimes think um, some of us will have, you know, some issues sometimes with uh with god the father or like i said i did at one time or jesus or mary even and so i think probably right like pick some pick something that feels very safe to you for this right for this right not right. a complicated one like sometimes they're complicated yeah but and if it's and if, if you have a therapist that can do this kind of work you could bring something more complicated in there but um but you yeah just monitor yourself so that you can understand because we're not doing therapy here with this um you know we don't want it to be something that you know ventures into that clinical realm but but right. i think a lot of times this is you don't most of the time you don't actually have to have a professional there with you to do this kind of work so. yeah i mean done during a holy hour or done during prayer time yeah. 
Wow. Well, thank you, Dr. Peter. I love that. And I love yeah. that connection, that affect bridge. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I know I, I meant to mention this earlier, but I hope that our listeners are getting a lot out of what we're sharing. And, and I hope, I know many of you are, have been listening every week. So if you are, if you've been listening to us, if you think that we're providing something that's unique, which I think it is, and valuable, which I also think it is, if you if you think that, I, I really encourage you to share, right? Like share our stuff to other people that might benefit. And uh, we'll subscribe if you haven't already. Um, either go to our website, soulsandhearts.com, and you can, you know, like, you know, put your email in and all that, but also on YouTube or various sites, subscribe, but get the word out. We're really trying to get the word out. We're really trying to let people know what we're doing and what we have to offer. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on, put it on listservs, you know, bring it up on discussion boards, you know, share it with your, your men's group or your women's group, you know, let your, you know, your Christ and parish group know or whatever, whatever you happen to be involved with. If you think that this may be for somebody or if there's a name that comes to you, right, you know, right as we're talking about this, I really need to let Linda know about this because she would really benefit. Like, I'm going to encourage you to follow up on that. Go write Linda an email, you know, and um, and see if and, and let her know that it exists. Right, So you can be a little bridge, uh, you know, between because maybe there's something in this that God wants that person to know. Uh, we're trying really hard to be instruments uh, in, in our Lord. We're unprofitable servants, but we do hear that his grace is kind of working through this in various ways in people's lives. So we want to make sure that that reach gets extended. So we thank you for that. And we keep you in our prayers. You know, Dr. Jerry and I pray for you, uh, for our listeners. We're going to ask for your prayers for us and that this can that this continue to be and even more so um, a way that uh, God reaches out to us. So, um, yeah. You know what? I forgot to mention to you, Peter, that I'm going to be on God's Adventure Awaits. Oh, yeah. 31st to August 2nd. So that's coming up this week. And it's a little video I did on how to get through anxiety in order to figure out what God's calling is for you. You know, and we're hoping that people will get a lot out of that. It might be even interested in, in afterward taking the course that Dr. Mark Lafke and I uh, did related to, you know, um, understanding your vocation. So right, right. It, That's it, the Be Called course. Yeah. The Be yeah. Called course. So if you know, if you're, you know, trying to figure out your vocation, then this summit is going to be great. There's actually 40 speakers. Uh, and a good friend of mine, Cameron Frad, is actually one of the speakers. Oh, really? Wife. Yes. Oh, yeah. and Dr. Uh, not Dr. Father, um, Tim Gallagher, who, who oh, yeah. Dad, and I really like his discerning spirit stuff. Yep. He's yep. actually on that, that summit as well and a whole host of people. So can they find out, how can they find out about that, Dr. Jerry? Um, com. And you can sign up. It's a free summit, so it's a you have access to the whole weekend of forty speakers for free. I think if and you what's want, what's the name of it again? What's the name of the summit? Stace, uh, it's God's Adventure Awaits, and okay. it's stacysumero.com. Uh, and we can put that in the show notes. And and on yeah, the, we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, the, It'll the go out. goes yeah. out every the the, the weekly. Uh, right uh, description. So so sign up sign up at soulsandarts.com if you haven't already, and you'll get that. It'll There'll be a link yeah. in the in the in the yeah. in the note. Yeah. So. All right. Well, Doug, Peter, so nice to see you and uh, enjoy our time together. And what a beautiful readings we've had this week. Um, so anyway, we're 
doing well here. We're surviving all the craziness of this world and, and growing in our faith and growing in love and family. So appreciate it all. Um, any last thoughts? Any last shares? I'm out of thoughts, Dr. Jerry. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm out of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then we need to wrap it up. And we've enjoyed being with you again. Share your thoughts with us. Until then, be still. Believe. Believe.